Hey everyone, I'm Christine Kane. You know, over the course of my ministry life, I have been asked literally thousands of times around the world if I can mentor women so that they can grow and they can discover their God-given purpose and potential and flourish in life and ministry. So I've committed this season of my life to setting up a program to really help to mentor, train, equip and mobilize women into their God-given purpose and potential. Now, my friend Tara Beth Leach and I have rallied trusted leaders and coaches from every sphere of life to develop a life-changing Propel Women cohort experience for you. You know, I can't tell you how pumped up I am with the stories that I get of transformation that happens when women have gone through this cohort experience. It is absolutely astounding to see and hear all that God is doing in their lives. So I'd love to have you join us for the next round of Propel Women cohorts, and it's starting really soon. So whether you are in ministry or whether you're a professional woman or a businesswoman or a pastor's wife, why don't you consider joining our next round of cohorts at propelwomen.org cohorts. Hi, friends. I'm Chris Kane, and you're listening to the Propel Women Life and Leadership Podcast, where we share faith-fueled stories from leaders all over the globe to help you fulfill your God-given purpose. I am so glad that you're joining us today. Let's dive in. Okay, if I had a sister, I'm Greek, she's Puerto Rican, it doesn't get any better than this, but my friend, Bianca, we have done so much life together and continue to do that. No one makes me laugh more on the planet. If there was anyone that I would say is probably more expressive than I am, it would only be this woman. And that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. And we're like double trouble together. But Bianca is a church planter, author, speaker, and podcaster, and just an all-round phenomenal person. She's an absolute phenomenal teacher of God's Word. She's a nerd, actually. She's a Bible nerd. That's probably the best way to um, literally uh, introduce her. She calls herself Mexican, and she's passionate about raising up a generation of people that really have passionate hearts for Jesus Christ. You know, there's very few people that I personally know that hunger after the presence of God and holiness and purity like Bianca does. So it is an honor to know her. And um, okay, B, so we all get to see uh, just the fiery kind of Mexican side of you when you're preaching because literally you must be, I think, the only other woman preacher that talks faster than me. And I'm like, I just like, I'm like, okay. I, and I love watching you because you are a you are an all in. It's an all body experience. It's fantastic. And so tell me, for those that listen to your podcast or have read your latest book, Grit Don't Quit, which is phenomenal, um, in that we kind of get to see some of the more hidden years of your calling. And I know this personally because I know you. Uh, People see you and go, wow, she's just arrived. And um, so what I really want to talk about a little bit today is, um, you know, how what are some of the stuff that have helped you become the woman of God that you are? Because you certainly didn't develop under the spotlight, if that's mm-hmm. true. Okay. So first I want to say thank you for trusting me to be on the podcast. It's like it's a scary. little scary. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary, Chris. It absolutely is. And when you said that no one makes you laugh harder than me, I'm actually going to gladly take second place because I've hung around you and Lisa Harper and nobody makes you like we your pants like Lisa Harbour. So I'm gladly in second place. I will take the silver medal and not even complain about it because she's she's flipping hilarious. And I also just want to say, as we dive into this question, 
I need listeners to know that this is not posterior smooching. This is not, I, I have nothing to gain. I'm not on anyone's payroll. I'm not getting paid for this podcast. This is not a hashtag ad. We're just going to shoot it straight and shoot it real right now. Uh, Did you just say posterior? Posterior smooching. Because we wow. have to keep it clean. We, that's a first, that's our first on the Propel podcast. Thank you for the Propel Posterior podcast, PPP. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we can keep it adult and we could say we don't want to kiss. You know what I'm saying? So- <laughs> you all have already got a feel for where this one's going. Let's exactly. Go. <laughs> exactly. Get ready. Gird your loins, family. We're going in. Gird your loins. Yes. So uh, this is what I will say. Um, I don't think I formulated language around this concept, but it was a lived concept until I started working at A21 and Propel a number of years ago. So I, what I didn't have the language for, I just had to live through until it was actually you that gave you language. So, so much of ministry requires a, a, a sense of death. It is death to desire, death to self, death to autonomy, Death to individual actualized freedom that we as Americans absolutely are besotted with. And it is saying, it's not my will, it's your will, God. And we see this modeled by no one more than Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So when he says, you know, take this cup for me. I don't want to do this. This is too big for me. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine what he's saying, but he's in such consternation. He is pleading with his heavenly father saying, I don't want to do this, but yet I will. And I think when we talk about this moment of arriving, you have this phrase where you said, you know, you came to the States from Australia and you're preaching at Global Leadership Summit and you're at Faith Community Church and you're all at these mega churches in America and people are like, oh, she's arrived in an overnight sensation. And this is your key line. You say, that's a long flipping night. <laughs> and so if I'm going to like, if I'm going to copy a phrase, it's that it's like, it isn't a night. What I am saying to our young leaders in the church at the Father's House, Orange County, I get to pastor here. I'm so proud of our community. Uh, we launched right before COVID. So clearly I'm not prophetic and uh, really, really dumb decision. We actually were closed longer than we were open. And uh, it, it's in those moments where you have to kind of think, God, am I called? Did I hear you? Are you here? And it's in those moments where you get to decide Am I going to put one foot in front of the other or am I going to throw in the towel and walk away? And so I say all of that because now that we survived COVID, we survived a global pandemic, the Lord granted us with this amazing space in Orange County. Chris has spoken there twice. She's going to speak there a third time um, in a couple of weeks. And what I can say to our next generation of leaders, because I'm at this weird age, I'm 40. I'm now speaking in this flux of like uh, speaking to older and speaking to younger. And what I'm telling people is give God a decade, give God a decade and don't go half in and half out. Literally go put your foot to the pedal to the metal, step on it and give God a decade. And when you give God a decade, the person that you started as will not be the person that you end up as. And I, I, I say this because, uh, when I got married, I immediately took a job at a 21 and it was Chris who said, you know, why do you want to write a book right now? Like who you're going to be in five years is going to be so much different than the person that you are now. And I take that and I see Chris and double it. Okay. I double my any because it's, yes, she was right. Because five years later, we went from, I worked from A21, five years later, we launched Propel. And then a 
five years after that, uh, we launched the church, the Father's House, Orange County. So within a decade, my whole life looked different. My waistline also looked different, unfortunately. But we're getting that under control to the glory of God. Your tennis game looked different too. My tennis game. Like, that's great, Chris. Prophesy. Prophesy. I'm over here at feeling like Serena Williams. I'm over here like Coco Goff. Like, move over, baby. I'm on the come up, okay? So this is a very long-winded answer to say, it's it's there is no arrival moment there is no and now you've made it and now you ascend to the throne it is literally i die to myself and i commit my ways to christ and in his timeline in his way in his with his permission he's going to put you in the places that you need to be you just have to say yes and be obedient so there was no arrival moment there is no arrival moment do i am i am i holding the tension of content with where god has us and yet desiring for something more absolutely and i think that's where most of our listeners are going to be at right now we're like wow Thank you, God, for this opportunity that I have to be in the C-suite or to be changing this diaper or to be preaching on a platform. Thank you for this opportunity. But I know that there's more. And I want to speak to those that are like looking at the more. If we are faithful to put one foot in front of the other, who we are today will not be the women that we are in a decade from now. We have to go all in. We have to trust God with our yes. And we have to believe in the darkest of nights that he will be the light that we need because he's the light unto our feet and a light into our path. And we lead to the Lord's leading. And so- I totally agree. I, I, I'm with you. I'm just thinking, I think I first heard this phrase from you, which I just found fascinating. I think it was like a quarter life crisis. <laughs> I, okay. I, I mean, like, I had never heard that, but I'm guessing yes. it's real. Well, okay. So I started, I started coining this phrase over a decade ago, because keep in mind, it was, I was coming out of my quarter life crisis and like, kind of like, who am I? What am I doing with my life? I had to move back in with my parents. It was this whole thing. And so I, I coined it a quarter life crisis, but I actually Googled it in an urban dictionary. It's now a phrase, a quarter life crisis. I'm not going to say I'm the one that pioneered it, but I have only heard it from you. I have to say that. Good, good. Then I'm going to say I'm a I'm, I'm yeah. pioneer the phrase. But yes, quarter life crisis is a real thing. And so much of Gen Z is walking through that. Chris, when I said that I was a millennial, you mocked me. You said, you're not a millennial. And I'm like, I legit am, Chris. I am. <laughs> and now I'm the one looking at Gen Z saying, you're not Gen Z. <laughs> so here we are years later, Chris, and I'm still learning from you. <laughs> Bianca, you're mentioning, um, you're mentioning two totally different points in life. You've talked about the darkest nights and how God is with you there, but you've also talked about launching Propel and planting the Father's house. And so these these are, I mean, this is like a valley and a mountaintop, but I know because you've talked about it on We're Going There, which is such a good podcast. You've talked a little bit about that in between time, those hidden spaces, those really key developmental moments, the things that the things that are not going to make it to Instagram, right? They're yeah. not the things that were like, oh, it was so great. I was on my face sobbing and God rebuked me and told me, it showed me at least seven things that I need to work out. Like we don't, we don't put that stuff out there, right? No, I just want to say that don't go on Instagram, Rachel. They come on a voice note to me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen, Chris has, Chris has legit blackmail material because I send her voice memos. I'm not even kidding you. I send her voice memos and this is where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? You know, <laughs> but they don't end up on Instagram. Yes, you're right. They don't end up on Instagram. What, how much of those hidden moments, like how much of those hidden moments are the deep formation? Like if we're giving percentages and I'm, I'm going to share with the podcast listeners a lot of the leadership development that I am giving to our staff and our staff at the church is very next gen. They're very, very young. Our church is very young. They're very young. And so I tell them, 
you know, people come in and say, oh, I, you know, I, I'm called to be a preacher or I'm called to lead the podcast for the church. I'm called to do this. And we have nomenclature and language now that say you will have to do 70 percent of things that you don't want to do yep. to really thrive in the 30 percent of things that you love doing. And we have to shoot it straight with people. So let's remove this from a church context and let's just talk about our life. I think that there is a good 70% of what we do every single day that is straight obedience to God. It's yeah. straight, I, I I don't want to go to the gym, but I have to go to the gym. I don't want to, can I say this? Can I say this on this podcast? I don't want to spend time in my devotional, but it's obedience. It's it's intimacy with God. I don't want to not eat bread, but you know, it's like, okay, but I will God, because I believe that, you know, bread leads to inflammation. I know Karen. Thanks. We Get got thee behind me. Get thee behind <laughs> me. <laughs> B, do you remember when you were coming to a 21 and the conversation we had when you're like, I, I'm not sure I'm called to this or do you remember that conversation we had? Okay, you guys, on this podcast, Chris is going to tell on me so bad. Okay, you know what, Christine? Let's go there. Let's have this conversation. Listen, listen, the podcast listeners, they're going to get all the tea. I'm going to say it really fast. Listen, we were in, the A21 offices now are gorgeous, picturesque. Like, you can Instagram from those places. I was in some ramshackled bomb shelter. And yes, the zip code was Orange County, but I'm like, what is this? Where, where am I? I'm in some third world country. They put me in this office. Annie Dollarhide, who's still part of the A21 team, she's in my witness. Krista, Kristen Morse, or now but she has a new last name, Bland. They can testify. My office was a closet with no windows. I, they said, oh, you have a waterfront view because I was in front of the water cooler. You guys, you guys, I was in a friggin' closet, okay? And Chris was on the That's road. That's why I'm remote. That's why I'm remote. Okay, exactly. <laughs> See, so Chris was on the road and I just started, I just started A21. I had been there for three months. I think I saw her for like mm, 2.5 seconds in those three months. So she's doing her whirlwind Christine Kane tour, right? And she comes to the office. She's like, hey, mate, how's it going? And I, so, so I'm thinking... If she asks me how I'm doing, I'm going to tell her how I'm doing. That's not how it worked. So I was like, so I actually just felt really overwhelmed because I don't know if I'm called to human trafficking. And I feel I, I, I don't feel like I have the education for this. And, and, and she looked at me painfully emotionless. And she's like, do you think I'm called to human trafficking? And I'm, I'm looking at her. I'm like, this is clearly a trick question, right? Like, this is a, just a trick question. Like you're Christine Kane. You're the founder of this organization. I was like, Yes. Like with a question mark. Because, you know, I didn't really know how to answer. And she's like, no, I'm called to obey God. And I was like, oh, okay. And she said, do you think I want to do this? Do you think I want to get on the plane and go to all these places? I'm doing this because this is what God called me to do. And this is a vehicle to get me to what God has called me to do. Let me tell you something. I thought I was going to, you know, be beckoned over to her lap and she was going to braid my hair. She'd stroke my head and say, there is an amazing call upon your life and you're anointed to tear down strongholds. No, she basically kicked me in the butt and said, if this is what you are called to, then we just obey. You think it's going to be fun? Do you think you're going to be qualified for everything the Lord calls you to? No, but this is the call and God qualifies the calls. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. That was my This is just to reiterate what Bianca said that about 70% of what you do you don't want to do. That's all. Oh, oh, okay. So since this is a Propel podcast, let's just be real honest with ourselves. When Chris came and she spoke to the staff and she's like, hey, I'm going to start this initiative for women and I see them in the marketplace and I see them mothering and I see them doing all these other things. My, my eyes turned into the size of saucers and I was like, dear Jesus, we have no more margin or capacity. Nobody will stretch your margin and capacity like Christine Kane. So she has this idea that this is what we're going to do. 
And it literally is saying yes. And here, Propel is years later, reaching women across the globe, resourcing them, not just with podcasts, but with resources to develop leadership, to encourage people to foster communities, to have intentional communities with like-minded women that are doing the dang thing, not people that are talking about it or pontificating about it, or, which is really big in our time, complaining about it, actually resourcing to, to do something about it. And so, yes, this goes back to, I would say 70 to 80% is in the dark. It's in those moments. I remember being outside of that, of our old A21 office. Um, and there was, it, it, it was just a really hard day. I actually, I actually wrote about it in the book that I was sitting in the car and it was raining outside. And it was like the rain hitting the outside felt like the tears that were just pouring from my face. It was a storm. And I, I felt like I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. This is too hard for me. I'm not a social justice, you know, I, I don't have a degree in, in social justice. I'm not trained to fight human trafficking. I felt so under equipped. I felt so uneducated. And I was really letting my insecurities speak to the pain. And it was at that point where like I'm pounding the steering wheel of my car and I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't. But then you do. And I think this is the mindset shift that so many of us hold. And I don't want to discount emotions or feelings because they're very, very valid and very, very real. And Chris will know I'm a very emotional person. I cry all the time. I'm you know, very... nobody, nobody's picking that up on this podcast. You know, just, they just feel like you're so stoic and, you know, there's just no one's picking that up. So please don't. Yeah. So I'm, I'm creating space for emotions because if you look at somebody like Christine, I would look at her and say, nothing phases her. You know, she just can, you know, she, I remember the day that she was diagnosed with thyroid. She had a tumor on her thyroid and we had gotten word before she arrived to the office and in true Bianca form, I'm crying, right? And I'm thinking this is going to be this very somber day. Let's weep with those who meet, weep, let's mourn. She comes in like a bat out of hell. I, 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 I'd never been in a faith environment like this where she's like, the enemies come from my throat. You know, she's over here like telling the devil where he can go. And we started praying. We started praying and thanking God in advance for the cancer that would that she would not have. I remember thinking like, what planet am I living on? And there has been nobody, again, now I'm going to sound like I'm all posterior smooching. I gained nothing from this podcast interview. Right. I, it was just so pivotal that even when the enemy comes against us, I'm going through one of the hard, Chris knows intimately, but what's going on in my life, I'm going through arguably the worst thing that I've ever encountered in my life. And there's so much loss and death. I feel like every day I'm living through a funeral. And I go back to those marked moments where you prophesy, which means I know somebody out there is like getting all tight bootied and their cheeks are tightening. And I'm not talking about these cheeks, you know, I'm talking about the posterior cheeks when we say prophesy, but really the word prophesy, if you look at its original language, it means to speak life. Yeah. And that's exactly what Chris did over herself, but what she did over the victims of human trafficking and what she's now doing for women across the globe. We speak life. 80% of the stuff that you that you do, you don't probably want to do or that you don't like, but we're not talking about that enough. We need to tell people, this is part of the call. This is part of the job. This is part of the privilege. You know, people love to see what happens on stage, but they don't want to see what happens behind. They like to eat the sausage, but they don't want to know how the sausage is made. And what Chris Briss is basically doing is she's, you know, lifting the curtain and saying, no, it's a whole lot of grinding. It's a whole lot of mess. It's a whole lot of parts that people say are not usable that come together to make something beautiful and delicious and sus and that is sus that is sustenance for our soul. So a lot of hidden dark moments. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize how much of 
you know, church planting or getting ready to preach or any of that is actually scrubbing toilets. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, if you've got a building that you have to run so much, you have to be willing not just to preach on Sundays, but to scrub the kids' classroom on Monday and disinfect the toys after some kid like shoots a snot rocket in the middle of a fire truck. That's it's a real scenario that happened last week. Uh, you have to be willing to do these things. And if you're not, you're probably not actually called to that. I know that's a bold statement to make. But you need to say it twice because it was nice, honey, because that's what people don't want to hear. It's just like, if you don't want to do that, then you're not called. No one is saying that. If you don't want to clean up, if you don't want to scrub toilets, if you want to get there, I, I, am, I am the first person to arrive at church on Sundays. I don't have to be. I don't have to. I want to be. I want to anoint the doorways. I want to anoint every single t- Actually, I'm telling myself. I'm like the second person because I'm too chicken to show up there by myself. We don't know what demons are in there. So I'm out, I'm out there like, oh, should have put a Honda over the doorways and I won't be there alone, you know? So I'm number two to arrive. But it's 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 those moments. It's like if you're not yeah. willing to lead and do that, then you're unworthy of leading. Ugh. We got to say it. We got to say that part. Yeah, we got to say it. What's well, interesting to me that we would, I, and I, I wonder if some of it is a generational thing. I don't know. Like, you know, I, I mean, but I, and a different world that we're living in. So I, I was called, this would be very hard for either of you to really understand before there was any such thing as an internet. It didn't exist. It was like, we, when, and you roamed with dinosaurs. Uh, when dinosaurs still roamed the earth, that's where I was, and um, no social media. And so when I surrendered my life to Jesus, I surrendered my life to Jesus. Of course, I had no paradigm. Number one, a woman could do what we're doing, what any of the three of us are doing. Uh, Number two, I wouldn't have even known how to think about that. I didn't know human trafficking existed, so I can't sit here and go, wow, I had a dream that I was going to do this. This is why I'm always stunned when a a 21-year-old vividly knows exactly what they want to do for the rest of their life because most of what I'm doing, I didn't even know existed 10 years ago. So there's that. And so I just kind of wouldn't have known any of it. And my ministry models were missionaries and martyrs and not celebrities. And so when you are being framed by missionaries and martyrs, you give your life to Christ and you think you may die for your faith. Actually, that's the highest calling, the highest honor. So, you know, painting the walls and, you know, disinfecting the toys is a, is a big step up from dying. So, you know, you think I'm doing well, I'm at least alive, but you never were so caught up on the task because I think this is, I've thought about this so much because when I surrendered my life to Christ, I thought I had arrived because at that moment, I was dead to self, alive to Christ. At that moment, I was seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, you know, in Christ Jesus. I was given access to every spiritual blessing that's mine in Christ Jesus. So when you are already seated at the right hand of the Father, how much higher can you go? I don't know. We're as high as we're ever going to get. So the moment we're saved, we're as high as we're ever going to go. So there's only one way to go when you're that high and that's down. So then that's why we're still here to serve and to fulfill and outwork the purposes and the plans of God. So I'm wondering whether kind of being shaped by that, like Christian martyrs, Christian missionaries, I mean, we would all read, you know, Fox's Book of Martyrs and we'd read it like every other month and 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 I hope you were counted worthy to do that. You didn't think of like a Christian career. Maybe it was because I was in Australia. I don't know, but there wasn't like a a career. Um, I'm wondering whether you think, Bianca, and, and you work so much with young people and you're trying to forge leaders and disciples in this current era, 
How? How do? How is a heart awakened with, look, I've arrived, I'm serving Jesus, yet still believe God for the future, but it's about God, not about my career. So do I hear you asking, like, how do you, how do you encourage people to hold the tension of both? Yeah, well, how do you do it? How do you physically keep them inspired to keep coming and to keep dreaming, but to keep dying to self? I wish I had, like, a stronger answer, but it's it's literally I model it. I we had a we had a staff meeting at our house, and uh, I think Chris, you know this because I I, I send Christine. It used to be every week. Now it's probably around two or three times a month. I send her an update, a Monday update or a Tuesday morning update from the weekend. Uh, so she she knows this, but I think I've really struggled in identifying as a senior lead pastor or actually, let me just pull this out even more, identified as a leader. I just have never felt that because I think of people like Pastor Craig Rochelle. I think yeah. of yeah. Christine Kane. I think of these very prominent leaders that have marked leadership characteristics that I just didn't feel like I possessed. Now that I'm 40, I'm stepping into this. It's I'm realizing I am a leader. It just looks different. And so my leadership style is very much like I love to feed people. I love to teach the word of God and I love to push people in their faith. That's what I'm realizing. Those are like my three, my three hallmarks. I just never thought that was leadership. And so um, for me, once a month, people gather here in my living room. This is where the church started and I don't ever want to lose that. It's part of the ethos of us. And I cook for 18 staff members and we all sit around the table together. We break bread and then I give them a download of what I believe that God is speaking to me for our people. So all it is, is modeled leadership. And I realized this probably about a year ago, I spoke to the staff and I said, you know, I don't lead like my husband, Matt. I don't lead like Pastor Craig Rochelle. I, it's a very different model of leadership, but it worked for Jesus. He fed people and he taught them the word of God. He gave them a picture of faith for what it, the future holds, you know, to be ultimately with our Lord and Savior. So how am I holding the tension of like, it's both? I'm realizing that if I tried to talk at them, they don't hear it, they don't receive it, and they push back. Yeah, but I think that's it. I think I'm still... I think all my team would say, I probably still run harder than all of them. They're all nodding as I'm saying this and still go and still, I think that it's like we are here in the trenches together. I also love the way that you thought that you um, you weren't, when you said, I, I didn't feel like a leader because of these attributes. And that's really what this whole podcast is about, that, um, you know, people, there is no one box to fit in. And yeah. I think if you've grown up in an era of these are the things that make you a leader and what we're trying to tell everyone is God has given you gifts and talents and preferences and yeah. uh, personalities. And through that, we lead, even when there's the spiritual ministry gifts, you see the list in Romans and Corinthians. I mean, there's a breadth of you know gifts in all of that and they're all yeah. to be used for the glory of God. And so I, th I think it's great that you and I would lead in two different ways because people need to see that. Uh, Bianca, we're going to have to get you back because like we have just, there's our time and we haven't even started. We're not even like past the introduction. This is just us riffing. So I love you with all of my heart. I really, really do. And I'm just thinking that, you know, I want you to follow Bianca on all of the things and, you know, her details are listed and tagged in the description of this episode. And um, please connect with her and, and keep up with her further. Now for all of our listeners, you know, we love you dearly. We appreciate you. And just thank you so much for joining us here on the Propel Women podcast. And I can't wait to see you back here next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so glad that you chose to hang out with us on the Propel Women Life and Leadership podcast. You can connect with us at propelwomen.org or on social media at Propel Women. 
Remember, you can find details on today's episode as well as some small group discussion questions in the description of this episode. We'd love to hear from you, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and we'll see you back here next week.